to her folly through mid on for four. Jeffrey Bolter, 100-100, the place to get it here on his home ground at Heavenly. Got it! Got it! Well deserved, a magnificent delivery from Darren Goff. Must be very close to five. Got him! What a patch this is for Ryan Sidebottom. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Covers Off podcast from Yorkshire County Career Club. I'm Tim Bresnan and back with me this week, as always, is Richard Pyra. How you been, Rich? Good, mate. Um, busy week, actually, in the, in the household. Uh, yeah. been painting. I've finished yeah, my right. fit, my fitness challenge, uh, part of our group, you know, the Cleck Huddersfield Facts Running Club and Cycling Club. Yeah. Um, yeah. 300k on the bike and 100k running. All, all in an hour segment, yeah? Yeah. All in the yeah. guidelines. You were part yeah. of that, Bres, but you failed it. Well, I did because obviously uh, the man flu took me down. Oh. So it's funny so. because uh, you use same excuse when you told to bowl uphill now. <laughs> yeah, what well, wind's blowing too much. <laughs> yeah, but all good, mate. What you've been up to? Have you been milking any more uh, illnesses or? No, mate. Um, built a fence. Uh, I'm trying to grow some grass. Um, what else have I done? Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I had a few too many sherbets of the night and Hannah told me to order a paddling pole and it's come today. It's six metres long by four metres wide. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where we're going to put it, so that's going to have to go sent back. It's not a paddling pole, it's an actual swimming pool. I like it. Got some holes to dig, yeah. Nice. You're going uh, to explain who our guest is? Yeah, I'm excited to have our guest on this week. He's uh, someone I've, I look up to, uh, someone I've learned a lot since becoming a coach. He's highly respected um, throughout the club, with from academy players to international players, and he's a good friend of mine as well now. I suppose he's had a very different journey to to well uh, who, who we've had before on the podcast uh, into his cricket in life. Um, he's our academy head coach, and it's uh, Richard Dams. So, welcome, Rich. How's how's it in Barnsley? Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, it's all good in Barnsley. It's always sunny in Barnsley. You know that. Every time you've been to Barnsley, it's always sunny. Thanks for your introduction, Rich, as well. I appreciate that. Looking up to me, I'm, I'm not sure you look up to me, mate. No, Nobody looks up to me. Either. Look down. I'm just impressed, Damsey, that you've got uh, some Wi-Fi in Barnsley. Yeah, well, we've got Wi-Fi. I think running water is next week, but um, gas... We've not got that yet. I think this this obviously coronavirus has um, put a stop to that. So that'll be probably next year. We'll get we'll get gas and central heating <laughs> and things like that. So, but all that's water off the duck's back in it. Done that. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've heard it all before, mate. Subtitles has already come in as well for my accent and things like that. But <laughs> anyway, right. Let's crack on. So last week we said Mags are our oldest guest, but unfortunately, Damsey, you've uh, you've beaten that. But we won't mention your age, don't worry. Um, like like Brizzy said, you've had a different route into into cricket to most to to where you are now. So, just give us a bit of insight on uh, your journey into cricket, how you started in cricket, and how you've got to to where you are today. Yeah, it, it's obviously been a different journey in in terms of not being a, a professional player, like obviously both of you lads have been. But I had to get a proper job. I wasn't good enough, so I had to get a proper job. But obviously, going back, I played age group cricket for Yorkshire up to under-15, a little bit of under-16 stuff, which 
I did okay, I did, did decent, so I got offered a position on the old YTS scheme under Ralph Middlebrook. Steve Alden were there as well at that particular time. Some of the lads that were on it during my time there would have been Goffey, so I, I roomed with Goffey actually. So I wanted two stories about that, but, but we'll leave I'm that lo- for, I'm lucky. For, for never, for never. <laughs> uh, PG as well, so I've known PG a long time. Stephen Bethel, Jeremy Batty, who played at Yorkshire and Somerset, and obviously he's Gareth's brother as well, um, son of George we all know Steve Bartle at that time. I'd call Richard Benson as well, who was a good cricketer. And latterly, Robbo, Richard Robinson, who, as we all know, oh, yeah. fabulous cricketer in his own right. And in another era, may well have been a professional player for somebody. But he's now a fantastic groundsman and looks after us really well at Wheatwood, as, as, as you both know. So, yeah. And you go to you know, the uh, Just because we can see you, and obviously there's one at home that's probably listening can. Are you reading these off a list? Did you, did you make a no. list of this before? No, I, right. what I'm trying okay. to do is not look at you so that you make me laugh. <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to do. So I'm, I'm it's my peripheral vision, Brez. I thought you were stroking cat. No, he's upstairs. Stroking <laughs> else. I know for a fact he'll come down, want to know what's going off, and then want to go in other rooms. So I'll have to get up and I'll open the door. But uh, <laughs> anyway, shall we get back to this? Sorry, Damsey. Uh, you mentioned you're at YTS. Uh, yeah. Is it? Obviously, it's massively different now compared to what it was like back then. Um, can you tell us what sort of differences they are? Obviously, now you're coaching rather than when you were coming through as a player. Yeah, I think it would be too simplistic to say that it's, it's more professional now. It's just different. Everything, everything evolves, doesn't it, as, as we know. But I think the biggest difference would have been the YTS scheme incorporated lots of different stuff. So on that, we, did, we obviously did cricket if you were good enough to play, which unfortunately I weren't but you played second 11 and then onwards. But we did groundsmanship, we did office work, we did all sorts of things like that. So the whole kind of the whole spectrum worked in shop. But also, and I guess the reason why I'm here is that we did our coaching badge as well. So just on that, that's one of the things, and Rich will know about this, that's one of the things that, well, you know, because you came on it, didn't you? You came up first one that I organised. Organised yeah, that for lads. So at least if, if they're not going to get anything else out of it, they're not going to be a pro player but they get a coaching qualification that, that kind of lasts forever. So that would be that, whereas now I think it's, it's very much around becoming a professional cricketer. Fitness is obviously massive and, and the education around that. But yeah, it, that, that kind of encompassed lots of different things and you went and had a, kind of the whole experience if you were good enough you went on, where this is solely about becoming a professional cricketer. Not everybody makes it, as we know, so we're, we're looking for good blokes and trying to help them to negotiate and, and find a way through. But it's very much about becoming a pro cricketer, whereas YTS probably wasn't. It, that's, that were one of the things, to be fair. And do you, do you feel, is, is that to its detriment or is that a plus point? You know, just so... No, I think it's a plus point. Cricket. No, I think it's a plus point. And because I think this is the one of the advantage, advantages of having a proper job or a different route into this, then, then we try to encourage lads to do different things to, to have a broader perspective. It's a big part of what Woody does when, when Matt Wood from PCA comes in, just to have a little bit more perspective on things so that it, it's, not, it's not just about cricket, although we're trying to find the next Tim Bresnan, the next Richie Pyra, the next Joe Root, whatever. But we want to try and develop good blokes as well so that they, they can be successful in life, whatever they do. And they're not sat in a pub when they're 25, 30 years old saying, well, what a crap experience that was. No, I had a really good time. I weren't good enough. But I had a really good time trying to find out whether I could be good enough. So, so it's mm-hmm. it's an amalgamation of both, really, that we try to put on. But the focus is Yorkshire and England cricketers, and obviously the good blokes 
to boot. So you've, men- you've mentioned this proper job a few times now. So what actually was this proper job? <laughs> I used to pay gyros, Tim. And then I trained people how to pay gyros. And then I went back you- to paying gyros. And then... Res won't know what a gyro is. They did away with gyros. Benefit. <laughs> right, support. Okay. But the one thing on a serious note, and this maybe is something that, you know, in all seriousness, you could use. It's there's loads of transferable skills, if you think about it, having to deal with public every day, some in shocking circumstances, unfortunate circumstances, um, but trying to deliver or explain complex decisions and complex benefits to people that are just desperate for the money. So, yeah, lots of transferable skills in that, as well as, as I said, being a staff trainer for a period of time as well. Is that more, more when it comes to dealing with parents? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, sometimes and, and dealing with players as well. Dealing with experienced <laughs> international ex, cricketers ex as well. Ex-international players. <laughs> yeah, all of that. All of that. Hey, um, as we all know, as we all know, you, you don't get it right all the time. You don't so, Damsey, right just talk us through how you went from getting gyros, giving gyros out to becoming academy head coach? Well, as I said, doing the YTS, one of the things that we did was coaching and I used to really enjoy that. And to be fair to him, I have asked him since this, but Ralph used to let me coach schools and the, the children and the young players that used to come in, probably because Goffey couldn't be bothered to do it. And maybe he recognised some in me, I don't know. Or maybe I just like the sound of my own voice. Who knows? But I've always coached after that. And when I started work and I still coached, coached initially at Penniston and ran their junior sides and then around about 1999 I got a job at Denby Dale coaching their, their junior section and we kind of set it up along with a lot of other people that, that were fantastic and helped me a lot. We set up a really a thriving junior section which produced one or two really good cricketers and Callum Geldart were one that came through with that. I'm sure you remember Callum, no Callum. Um, yeah. He came from that, from that stock and I really got into it and the one thing that I wanted to do, I wanted to be a coach educator so I wanted to do you know, run courses and things like that. But you had to be a level three coach to get on that training. So started from scratch kind of thing again with my coaching qualifications. And that's when I met Doozy and went through this course. It was a couple of weekends. At the end of that, Doozy said, I think you should go on level three. I'll recommend that you do. Brilliant. Thanks very much. And I got a phone call from him not long after. What are you doing on such and such a night? Do you want to come in and work with our young age group cricketers? Yeah, yeah, please. So I went back through, did more and more, um, spent a lot more time with SO. I mean, SO were coaching me, so that's how long SO has been around. And then just did more and more and more and more. And then eventually this opportunity sorry, just cut you off. You SO is Steve Oldham, yeah? So, yeah, Steve Oldham, he helped me a lot as did Doozy. And then slightly off at a tangent, I did, I was working with Paul Shaw as well, who Yorkshire women's head coach at that time. We worked together a little bit and then he... He cleared off to ECB to bigger and better things and I took over that that role as Yorkshire Women's first team coach and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that fantastic time. Really enjoyed it. Met some, you know, some really good people, some friends for life. Really enjoyed that. And then as I said, this opportunity came up. I applied and got it. So here we are. Brilliant. Well, nine years on. I think it's a great story and I think it, it proves that you don't have to be, you know, at the top of your game to become a coach. You know, not all all the best players become good coaches. So, I for me, it's a quite an inspirational story that Damsey, and something that I uh, you know I look I look up to you for. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. And it, yeah, I mean, there's there's more and more in in lots of different sports, isn't there? It's yeah. um, I think it's a really good thing if you get lots of different life experiences. The, the perfect scenario is played 100 Test matches, 250 One Day Internationals, 
won county championships, done all that, and you've got all the interpersonal skills, all the other stuff that you can do, all the life skills. That's your perfect blend. But I've not met that person yet, male or female. No. So you, you know, you make best of what you've got, don't you? So it's it's that's the way it is, really. Good. So moving on to our academy, you know, it's it's, it's renowned for producing good players and numerous uh, international players. Uh, what would you say is what you look for in a in an academy player, and what do you try and instill in them growing up? I think there's two things really. First one is, and I think it's in this order as well. First one is skill. That's the first thing that you look for, and the way that, whether this is going to go out, I don't know. But the way that I explain, it, and you know, Rich, I've, I've explained this to you before. It's like when you go out and you you, you meet your prospective girlfriend or whatever. The first thing that you're attracted to is is the physical appearance. That's the first thing that you notice, and then. Further down that line, you get to know about the personality and all that other stuff. It's the same with cricketers, I think. The first thing that you see is, boy, he can play or she can play. That's a fantastic cricket shot or whatever it might be. Look at how she bowls or he bowls or whatever it might be. Yeah. And then you delve further into it and that's when it becomes about character. So the first thing is skill and then it's about character. You know, and one of the things that I talk a lot about is, you know, we do lots of different things to try and not trip people up, but to find out about them. So, you know, we're, we're fortunately enough just come back from South Africa before all this kind of stuff kicked off. So overseas trips, spending time away, putting them up into different age groups, challenging them in, in things like that, and inviting them into processions just to see how they carry on. Because I always say, you know, you're only a couple of broken fingers and an hamstring away from getting changed in between Pato and Brez. How are you going to be able to deal with that on a on that's just that's that scary base? Well, it well it is, and and it. And exactly that, in all seriousness, and you know I said this, Rich, it's not just because, you know, you're here, Brez, but, you know, two two big characters. Well, how are you going to be able to deal with that? You know, and yeah. it's an environment of alpha males and everybody's wanting to be more alpha male than other. So can they actually deal with that and be able to perform the skill that, that you know, that they're asking and perform the role that they're wanting to do and ultimately win games of cricket and, and put in them performances? If they're worrying about other things, we need to kind of expose that and then help them with that to overcome that if the skill level's there. So dead simple for me, it's skill and then character in that order, but it's all, it's all amalgamated in. You know, we set boundaries as well, so there's discipline and people know about you know, the, the, the Yorkshire way and the way things are done. And I know Brez had a pop at me when not long ago in winter we were practicing and inviting him in to come and play or practice with lads, but he had to wear whites because that's what they decided they're going to do. And he, he didn't particularly like that. Well, that's, that's not like rule. it's not like Brez to go and stick no, against the rules, is it? I know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't, but, I, I, in, in, I remember Rich, what, I wasn't actually. Did at that time, well, well, whatever you did at your time when you came through, it was good enough for you, weren't it? So, no, I, as, as I remember, I was just staring the pot, I think. Oh, never. Like, well, why? Well, why is it going to make it really? better? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, maybe it does, and it's like it's like this this shaving thing. It, it could be anything. It's just a bit of discipline. So, if you're disciplined off the pitch, you'll be disciplined on it. So, what time do you leave? We were leaving at nine o'clock. What time do you get there for bus? Quarter to nine. You know all that kind of stuff. Can you bowl one side at wicket for six overs, or do you set a seven-two field and bang it in and get smacked over? It's all it's all in that same melting pot. Can you be disciplined off the field so you can be disciplined on it? That's one of the things that, and it's passed down from Martin. They're not my rules, they're Martin's, and we, we look to, to implement them as best we can. But there's got to be some common sense applied to it as well. Best players you've coached don't have to be anyone mega, like anyone mega successful or mega famous. Just, you know, for, for any particular reason, just the best player that you've yeah. coached and why. 
<laughs> rather than best, because if we start saying best, you know what it's like with young lads. That All right. maybe not easiest player to coach. Easiest player. Well, I wouldn't say easiest. I would say most memorable for lots of different reasons. Would that work? That would work perfectly yeah. fine. So, yeah. so Callum would be one already mentioning Callum Geldat. So in my journey as a coach, me and Callum, I started working with Callum when he was seven. So he came along to Denverdale practices and stuff like that at seven. And he showed a lot of a lot of skill, a lot of ability. And he had a at that time what we both thought were a really good temperament because he treats success and failure in kind of equal measure. Didn't really matter to him and, and that's a that's a nice place to be, I think. But as time went on he developed and we, we challenged each other to see how good a player he could become and how good a coach I, I might become. As it turned out, we both started. He got a, a professional contract at Yorkshire the year that I started, so that kind of worked out nicely for us. But unfortunately, he didn't, he didn't go on and, and probably have the career that he should. Only Callum knows why. Um, I mean, he's turning it up in Bradford League. We, we brought him back in a few years after to play second team, and he did okay. But again, it just he probably got just a little bit too much for him, despite all the support that he got from his family and from coaching staff at Yorkshire as well. But anyway, so Callum would be one. Rhodesy, Will Rhodes, probably would be the best player I've worked with at that age. Overall package, there's been some really good cricketers, but Rhodesy were just the nearest thing that I'd seen to John Crawley. And I played against John Crawley the same age as me, so I played against John quite a lot. And wherever you put a fielder, he'd just hit it somewhere else. And Rhodesy and his pomp in that age group were exactly like that. And his bowling were good, his fielding were good, and his leadership at that time was outstanding. And as you probably remember, he captained the academy side when we when they won the league and the cup double, which never been done before and probably won't be done again. And Rhodesy dragged him along so for that. Brilliant to work with Rhodesy. My time at Yorkshire Women, so Sally Ann Briggs, you know Sal Rich, yeah. um, outstanding coach now in her own right. We worked together as coach captain. She was brilliant, really good cricketer in her own right, but fantastic individual. So that was really a highlight working with Sal. Matt Fisher. Model pro at 14. So I, I learned from Fish. <laughs> Fish tells me he's unbelievable. You know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. And it's not everybody. Not everybody's the same, but you, you learn a little bit from everybody. And as I said, Fish is a model pro at 14. Unbelievable. And he's, he's, he's no different now, is he? Um, no, he's, he's, he's a pleasure to coach, isn't he? Everything he yeah. does, he's, he does it yeah. 100% yeah. to the book. He's always thinking. I mean, we've brought in workloads with the bowlers. He's planning his own workloads. He's, yeah. You know, he's, yeah. he's, yeah. he's far well, he'll ahead. He'll be planning everybody else's as well. He'll be planning Brezza's. So he's that, he's that methodical and that attention to detail is unbelievable. But he's also a leader of men by example, by what he does and drags people along. And, he, and he's always done that. You know, and, and obviously when Matt were a young lad, 14, 15, he went through a, um, a tough time at home, obviously with his dad dying and things like that. And the way that he dealt with that, unbelievable. Absolutely yeah. unbelievable. Wouldn't expect anybody else to deal with it that way and it would be unfair to say, well, that's how to go about it because I, I don't know. But as I said, outstanding individual and hopefully he's, he can stay fit and when all this is done, he can show what a fine cricketer he is. Two different characters, Elliot Callis. I remember, can you remember Callis? Callis, yeah. brilliant to work with, but he probably that desperate. And if you talk about learning things from different people and learning how you approach things and then maybe using that somewhere else to get a better result. But Elliot... Loads of skill, loads of skill, but just too desperate to do it, really, I think. And it's such a shame because he devoted his life to being a professional cricketer somewhere, but hopefully at Yorkshire. And, and Ryan Gibson, for exactly the same kind of reason, but different in terms of unbelievable skill. But, you know, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant to work with Ryan for lots of different reasons. I've been speaking to him this week, actually. 
So he hadn't dropped, another, he hadn't dropped another fridge on his foot again, so we can't play, has he? I've no, I've no idea, mate. More <laughs> stories than anybody. But he, he should be. He should be a professional cricketer somewhere, and only Ryan knows why he's not. But again, in yeah. terms of my learning and dealing with and working with that kind of player, invaluable. Um, you keep turning up at wrong ground. That might be why. He only give himself half a chance, on it. He kept going to well, the ground for games. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. But in my time, for, for, for me, he, he, match winner, real match winner. Unbelievable at that age. And if we could have just... And he knows it now and he, he says, I'm, I'm a changed man. And, you know, I, I wish I could have my time again kind of thing. And, but um, as I said, in terms of my learning, and, and this is why they're memorable, is, you know, he's right up there, he's Ryan, to be fair. God bless him. And last one, and not least, is Tom Lawton. So Tom's a fantastic story in terms of under 15, he played a bit of age group stuff, and at under 15, he, he couldn't get in, and he, he probably weren't good enough to get in. So him two years later, he played against us for Dunnington, um, against the academy, and did really nicely, and then played against him second half of the season, and he did, did nicely again. And I thought, we were that kind of thing. And we had a lad drop out of our under-17s team. So I thought, well, great, I'm going to pick him. So I rang him, do you want to come and play? He got 90 and 30 and four, four from two for in, a, in his first three-day game. And then he's just gone from strength to strength to strength. It's unbelievable. Every challenge he's come across is just, he's surprised everybody. I don't think he surprised himself, but even down to his, his training when he first came around, pro professional group, you know, everybody, yourself, Rich, Gailey, everybody really impressed by him. So it's a yeah, fantastic thing about story it. to say, like, never give up. Like that. People like that. I mean, look, so he's just, he's just a top, top lad, isn't he? Like, yeah, he's one of the young lads. You'd like, yeah, you know what? I'd, I'd have him in my team. No, no yeah. dramas. Yeah. Just from him being a top lad. I don't really know much about his cricket, but you know, you can sort of relate to him straight away. Yeah, he um, funny. He got a he got a hundred uh, against Stamford Bridge for kind of hundred and thirty odd. Not how played beautiful. And he walked off, and I said to him, "Well played, mate. Tremendous." I said, "You do know." you keep doing things like this, what's going to happen? And he went, what do you mean? And he got 100 for a second team that week as well. And I said, well, going to get in a squad for the first team. And he went, really? And I went, is that not what you're trying to do? And he went, uh, yeah, I guess so. So, you know, he's that kind of <laughs> lad. He's, everybody says he's a bit of a goober, but he's not. I mean, he's obviously really intelligent in terms of academic um, stuff and quali- qualifications coming out of his ears. But he was just that surprised. Yeah. You keep scoring runs and getting wickets, mate. You play first team. And then he did. Yeah. But again, it's about getting them ready for that. Well, actually, you're in and you're going to be ch- ch- getting changed next to Brez. And in, in between Brez and Pato, are you going to deal with that? Can you deal with that? Can you deal with it? Yeah. And Do you know when you, say, you when you say stuff like that, I just imagine like in between Pato's bony ass and my fat ass at shower time, <laughs> which is not where you want to be, is it? <laughs> It's all part of life switch tapestry, Tim, isn't it? All part of that yeah. melting pot. All yeah, part yeah, of the right. game. To be honest, there's not many who could deal with that. You know, you say you get no. our young lads to deal with that. I, don't, I can't think of many who will deal with that. No, but it, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a finding out to what are you going to do if you're going to get changed next to Brez and you can't deal with this? What are you going to be? You can't even turn up for a bus on time. Do you think Brez will let you get away with that? So I do use, use you a lot, Tim. So, yeah, but Brez yeah. is normally one who's late for a bus. But they don't know that. Oh, no. <laughs> I know that. How, Rich, I've what, been late twice in model 23 years, mate. I've been late no twice chance. in 23 years. I no have, chance. I Again, probably not use this, but last year we played at Edinley uh, for Academy on Saturday. We played Sherry Footman Bridge and we got hammered and we were, we were awful. And there'd been this thing rumbling through that I could feel just a little bit of a sense of entitlement that, well, I'll, I'll play for Academy, so I'll play for the second team as well. No, you're not. Not at all. 
And when we did review at end, I'm sat in your seat, Brez, and it will look rather than, you know, by design. And I, I talked about this sense of entitlement. I said, there's a bloke here, double Ashes winner, correct me if I'm wrong, but home and away, World T20 winner. So I'm reeling all these things off. I said, he's not got a sense of entitlement. He don't think he should get picked for every game. I, I don't know whether you do think that, but I told them that you didn't. So, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah we, we, we know <laughs> that, don't we? <laughs> Right, uh, right, Rich, let's get into some uh, Twitter questions from our listeners. So we've got Richard Cosmala, who's tweeted in. If we, uh, sorry, Richard Cosmala, we've had him on the show before. Um, you might have heard him a couple of shows ago. I think it was the Lithey one. Obviously, fan of the show and friend. So he's, he's written, if we have the season wiped out, where does it leave you in regards to making decisions on the lads in their last year of contracts? Must be a minefield. Someone might have the right year uh, this year and it could have made the difference between you keeping them on or releasing them. Absolutely. I mean, it's a topical question. It's, it's something that we're asking ourselves. Just for a little bit of context on this, the ECB have decided that there are three contracts now. So there's professional, there's rookie and academy. And the academy lads can't be on academy after the 18-year-olds. So when you go into under-19 age group or under-19 cricket, you've either got to be on a rookie contract or a professional or not on a contract at all. So we were feeling the effects of that and having to make plans around that because everything's moved a little bit further forward sooner. And then obviously this, this crisis has, has, has come as well. So basically we've no idea what's going to happen. I've been contacting lads just to see if everybody's all right and things like that. And, and quite a few of young lads have been asking what's happening to contracts. And the, the honest and, and the only answer that I can give them is we don't know. We've absolutely no idea. You know, we've always tried to give people enough opportunity so that they either prove that they're good enough to go to that next level and they've, they've played, you know, second team cricket and done well in that or held their own at least in that, or they've had enough opportunity for them and, and other people to realise that they're probably not going to be good enough. This year, obviously, we, we don't know what's going to happen. I'd like to think if things work as I would hope that the ECB will extend that for at least one more year to say, well, these lads, if they don't play much cricket or any cricket, they'll get another opportunity. So we could keep them on academy for another 12 months and, and see what happens next year. But the honest answer to, to, to you two and, and, and to your Twitter, Twitter guys, we don't know. We've absolutely no idea. We will be guided by, by ECB and obviously by club. But if we've no cricket, we don't know. It's going to be really tough. I'm, I'm, Damsey, kind of, you... I'm kind of fishing for one of those referrals or deferrals myself, to be honest, Rich, during the last year of <laughs> <on> my contract. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I know you're not going to, but it's the same for lots of people, isn't it? Lots of lads throughout yeah. country that, if they're at last year of the contract, which academy lads tend to only be on a year by year gig, then it's really tough. And how can they prove one way or another they can't? So who knows what's going to happen? And well, I'm, I'm actually. I'm, uh, I'm Yorkshire's PCA rep and there's, over the country there's 211 cricketers this year in last year of the contract and obviously it's a massive massive yeah. period of change for all that that's, that's going to happen with opportunity and yeah. stuff that we've been speaking about and again I, I, don't, I just don't think anybody knows Brez do they? nobody knows no. what's going to happen so unprecedented times aren't they yep mm. Damsey do you even know, even know what Twitter is no no what is it <laughs> it's like Royal Mail Mate, brilliant but on your phone. But on my phone. <laughs> my social media is text, WhatsApp, and ringing. 
<laughs> ringing. <laughs> have you still got one of them phones with massive buttons on front? No, but I have got I have got a proper one, an iPhone eight or something, and I am writing really big. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, our next question is from a, a young guy called Jason Gillespie. Uh, he says, "Has he ever bought a round?" Don't know what's implying there, Damsey. <laughs> Neither do I. Probably not for this because he's more money than me, so he get his hands in his pocket. But yeah, I, I, I do. I do buy drinks for my friend. Oh, probably. You probably don't want to go for a drink with Diz because he ends up telling you about his 201 that he got. Well, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That, as well as it being an expensive bottle of red that he wants. Yeah. I was just going to say, and at the time when when I worked with him, it it used to get a little bit messy and I tried to avoid that. I didn't want to get, what's the phrase, dizzied. Everybody talked about getting dizzied. We've all been there. Yeah. Well, I am actually. I nearly did in, in London with him. But nah, no chance. All right, we've got one from uh, Lee Poulter. I actually recognise this name. I'm not sure why. Um, so once a lad has finished at the academy and doesn't get a contract, is there still a chance if for him if he excels in league cricket? Many Yorkshire players in the Bradford League now and certainly not tearing it up. Is anyone scouting the top leagues for lads maturing a bit later? Um, the answer to both would be yes and yes. Tat would be an obvious example of that, that Tat actually went beyond academy. So he went on to a professional staff contract for two years. Unfortunately, didn't do as well as he or we would have liked and he got released. But Tat went away, scored lots of runs in league cricket, scored lots of runs in Australia, trialled with other counties. And then through weight of runs, I remember me and Doozy, I remember exactly where it was having the conversation about our academy lads are not. And it's this sense of entitlement again and not tearing it up. Yeah, we're playing the same league as this bloke that is. Let's get him back in and tap, comes back in at Scarborough, gets 100 and then we invite him back year after and he, he gets more runs and look where he is now. So so he would be he would be the obvious answer in that. Um, Tom Lawton, again, would be a perfect example of falling out of age group cricket and then coming back in at a later stage. So without it sounding a bit twee, the door is never shut or open. If you're doing well, somebody will find out who you are will come and watch, somebody will go and watch and they'll get that opportunity, all being well to prove what they can do. Obviously, there's a, there's a time scale on, on age, really, because if a lad's 25 and he's got a good job, is he going to want to pack that up? If you remember Wardy, Wardy and Wardlow, similar situation, weren't it? Had a good job and gave it up to be a cricketer, did it for two or three years and then, then, then went back uh, and did it. But, but yeah, they, there is that opportunity, absolutely. I'm, not, I'm just reading between the lines, but I, there's a tinge of cynicism in that tweet. I just wonder whether he's, he knows a few people. And, 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 and maybe they do. The and yeah, yeah, I know. There's lots of people that, 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 there's lots of good cricketers, like there's lots of good footballers. And yeah, they need, they need the look, they need the break, they need the opportunity, they need all that. But we, we get, look, everybody gets some decisions wrong. We don't get that many wrong, to be fair. So, you know, and that's not being clever. It's just, as I said to you earlier on, the, the frustration for us, for us normally is trying to get enough opportunity for, for people to prove that they, they can take your shirt, Brez, whenever that might be. Or, you know, they're not going to be good enough because they've had that opportunity and they've, they've kind of proved to themselves and everybody knows that they're not going to be good enough. But they've got to earn that opportunity in first place. So performances earn the opportunity at that next level. And then you've got to keep going and keep going and keep going until you get right to international cricket. It's no, it's not rocket science that. Yeah. But you've got. To I, I also that think as well, like it's not just in league cricket. 
it's not just weight of runs that's going to turn you into a professional cricketer or going to turn you into a successful county cricketer. I think you've got to, you need that desire, you need that drive, and you need that something extra, you know. And a lot of people who are inside the comfort zone in, in league cricket, you know, turning out, you know, averaging 40, 45 or whatever, just getting paid on a Saturday, having it easy life, not much pressure. Um, a lot of people, they're comfortable there. And then once you step them up into into the big league, so to speak, it's it's not it's not for everyone, is it? No, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. You're absolutely spot on. But you, you know, both of you will know lads, and you'll have played with lads or against lads that were fabulously skillful, but just for whatever reason did not did not get the life of being a professional cricketer. It's completely different when you're under pressure all that time. You're away from home a lot. You're having to practice. You're having to do this. You're having to do that. You've got to eat the right things all the time. You've got to look after yourselves. And if you're not playing well or you're getting a few bad decisions or you're on a bit of a bad trot, it, it can be a cruel game. It's a cruel game at best of times. You know? And I always say, I don't need to get on at anybody really because game does that for you. Game will beat you up. So you know, I like to think I'm an encouraging coach, try to encourage lads to do as well as they possibly can because anybody that's ever played knows it's a tough enough game without people getting on at you all the time. But yeah, it's, it's not for everybody. And that's part and parcel of what we do. That's why we expose them to three-day cricket at 17, 2020 cricket, 50-over cricket, all that kind of stuff, taking away going on overseas trips just to find out. It's not to, to trip them up, it's to find out. You know, we've had lots of really good cricketers that couldn't deal with being away from home. So it affected the performance. Well, a, a big part of play, being a pro cricketer just in this country is travelling Getting up, getting your breakfast, getting to the ground, doing all your stuff, and performing. And at the top level, you know, first team level, it's about three points. It's about winning. It's not about feeling sorry for each other and stuff like that. It's, it's ruthless, as you both know. Yeah, so, and just just going back to league cricket, you know, a lot a lot of our lads who are playing in the Bradford League at the minute, they, they you know, they're developing cricketers, aren't they? We're not sending yeah. players back into league cricket who are the, the finished article they go in there for an experience of playing against men because yeah. they're young cricketers yeah. and yeah. you know to go and tear it up as an 18 year old it's completely different cricket to what they play midweek anyway in second team yeah. or academy cricket different facilities different pitches it's a different pressure so you know it's not the be all and end all that they're going to go into league cricket and tear it up but people no, have got but, to un- understand that I mean, you're absolutely right. And obviously, you two went through the academy process, played Yorkshire League cricket um, for academy, and then went and, and sort of, you know, broadened your horizons and went and were put under pressure. And then you are where you are. I mean, I know you were you were playing first-team cricket at 16, Brez, so a bit of an anomaly. But but you're in there and, and you're exposed to it. And it's, it's all about dealing with the pressure. And there's no greater pressure than what you put on yourselves, irrespective of what anybody else says or does. And it's all part of being able to manage that to be able to be successful, to do enough to win your team some games. And over a period of time, if you can't do that, we have to try and find somebody that can. And, you know, the longevity of both of your careers, without wanting to blow smoke at your backsides, but the longevity of your careers, I can do it consistently more than somebody who might might get 500 runs in a season in Bradford League or whatever it might be. It's consistency of performance that's what we're looking for, as well as consistency of character. Yeah, spot on. Well, I think um, you know, it's been great to talk some cricket with you, Damsey, and uh, insightful as ever. But let's move on to some funnies now, shall we? I know we. We've, you mean uh, if he's got, if he's got any? 
if he's got any. <laughs> well, I've spent a lot of time with Damsey these last few winters in the indoors, and I, I know he's got some good stories from uh, certain academy lads. Um, so, part, one of our favourite parts of the pod, you know, called Covers Off for a Reason. Damsey, just give us a couple of stories that, you know, you've come across during your academy time from a couple of our young lads. It is a family show, this, isn't it? So, I don't really want to be mentioning You keep saying names, that, but I will. You keep saying that. Oh, you're naming names. Okay. No, well, no, I don't want to give any names, but oh, okay. I mean, it, it's not, it's not particularly what they are. It's what they say and what they do, isn't it? That's daft. Yeah. Um, me and Dewsy always said we ought to write a book. Really, Dewsy's got some belts. But I mean, it, it varies from. We've obviously got three lanes in East Stand, and some lads say which is lane number two or which is middle lane, things like that. <laughs> lads coming up and saying, "Can I have some more chalk to mark my run up because this bit of chalk's run out." Who's <laughs> that, friends? Um, <laughs> no, Man, I don't use chalk. I'll yeah. mark a run up. Yeah, yeah you always be both in nineteen exactly. yard. That's why. Yeah, well, you know, it's all part of parcel of it. Um, just throw my marker down, stub my cigar out, and run in. <laughs> not, but not everybody's like you, Brez. Not everybody's as, as talented and skillful as you. Yeah. Um, oh, have mate. you ever asked for an indoor sawdust, Brez? If your foot's slipping a little bit. Oh no, but I think I was there. I think I was there when uh, when that got asked. Or I have been there in the past when that's been asked. Mate, mate, it gets asked every winter, and there's always somebody that says, "Yeah, can I? Yeah, well, we need to go to a need to go to a shopping, but you need Wilco's have got it. Get to the Wilco's. They sell indoor stores. Go up and ask some. Didn't one of our academy lads go to about five stores this winter looking for indoor sawdust? Yes, he did, and he's the same individual that. When you're away, we're under 17s and the room together, as, as we know, there's lots of different stories come out. And we have um, a lad who runs under 17s with me, Tip, Graham Tipping. I mean, you both know him. He's Mr. Chairman and we have the fines, taps, which you both know what that stands for. And yeah. we have snitches Lively. as well. Too. Yeah. And one, this particular same individual who went looking for sawdust, it came to light that he were getting changed one-handed, getting dressed one-handed because he wanted to protect his bowling hand. So we were getting his clothes on and off with one arm. <laughs> is he still you know, around? Frustration. I know it is. I know it is as well. Yeah, is he still playing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. He's a good lad as well. He can play, but it just goes what goes through the minds. Who knows? Who knows? I think one of my um, favourite ones, Damsey, was uh, what about the soup when his mum and dad were on holiday? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, um, a lad who um, he played under seventeen cricket. I'm going to tell you his name because he knows. Obviously, he knows about it. Owen <laughs> Kelly from Richmond, and his sister scores at Richmond, or she did, and she scored for me in an academy game. So I verified it with her, and it is true. Um, we were playing Cheshire in a three-day game. We finished on the Thursday. You to finish on the Thursday. I know him. His mates were coming through to take him. They were going to Old Trafford Test match on the Friday. So they're walking round field. Me and Blaine Clancy. Because um, Blame still worked then. We're walking around just discussing taps meeting that we're going to have at end of the game. And his mates overheard us and said, Oh, we've got a belter about Owen. Oh, yeah, so we're all over this. So apparently, his mum and dad had gone on a holiday the week before and left Owen looking after his sister at home. And they obviously needed something to eat. And Owen decided, Tell you what, we'll have a tin of soup. Unfortunately, didn't know how to work out that microwave, didn't know how to work gas, didn't know how to work electric cooker, anything like that. So what he did is, bearing in mind this is July. Put central heating on, tries to warm soup up on radiators. <laughs> <laughs> True story. And then we're trying to get them to understand <laughs> how to knock off. That's got to be a real. Of wicket, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, unbelievable. 
Same. same. I, bet, I bet he can set a field though for a leg spinner and off spinner and uh, and knows, well, knows where his gaps that, are. That's debatable. Same year, same group, not same lad, same group. I find him for not turning up to team meal because he'd gone out in a camouflage jacket. And we find him, said, well, you didn't turn up for team meal. A bit of a chestnut, we didn't turn up for team meal. I did. No, you didn't. Did anybody else see him? No, no chance. So... <laughs> Okay, it's time for our uh, covers off quick fire questions, Damsey. Um, yeah. If you're a if you're a listener, you might you might know a few of these already, so you should have the answers. Av- avid listener, uh, avid listener. Thought so. You've only listened to one, haven't you? Pretty much like the rest of the population, because uh, last week's went mega. Um, right. So covers off quick fire questions. Earliest cricket in memory. Playing with my dad in Bart Green Wreck. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure that's as lovely as it sounds. <laughs> cricket in hero. My dad in back green wreck. Yeah, no, back green wreck. Okay. I'm talking about. I'm sure it's as beautiful as it sounds. Yeah, it is. It is still there. Cricket in hero. Richard Hadley. Best innings. Oh, actually, uh, best innings you've seen as a coach. Go on. Best innings yeah, like I've that. seen as a coach. Yeah. Oh, bowling as well. Batting or bowling? Yeah. Um, good question. Uh, best things I've seen Harry Brook against Durham Academy at the Riverside when we played a day-nighter and Brookie we chased 180 Brookie went mad got 130 not out and we didn't even have to turn lights on unbelievable that's the day when I rang Martin and said on my way back you have to sign this bloke before somebody else does unbelievable Your proper talent Brookie right. yeah favourite ground in the world to coach at Bank Green no. Like Green Wreck? No. Barns- Barnsley? No. Probably Scarborough. I love Scarborough. Right. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Popular answer that in our questions, aren't they, Briz? Yeah, they yeah, are. I know yeah. Mag said it, it, his favourite ground, didn't he? But yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, well, Someone... sorry. Sorry, we would. Yeah, we would. No. Nah, no, too windy. Not having it. Not having it. Not even since they put that wind block fence up. <laughs> yeah, we love the, the wind blocker. The block wind. <laughs> We've been gapping gap it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, somebody to bat for your life um, somebody to bat for my life James Wharton oh, oh, like yeah. that's one of our uh, you, new young Rookies. junior pros Is it you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Rookie. yeah balled at him in the nets actually very well organised very yeah. well organised got long legs uh, now hasn't he yeah. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big old lad isn't he well lanky if, if, yeah, if you can imagine this, listeners, he looks a bit like Mr. Tickle. <laughs> but not as orange. <laughs> but not as orange, yeah. But with a good forward defence. <laughs> yeah. Leaves it well. Knows where he's off stump is, Brez, doesn't he? Go, go, gadget arms, hasn't he? And legs. Messiest in the dressing room. Messiest in the dressing room. <sighs> Elliot Callis. Who's the Elliot most? Cal- Elliot Callis had a thigh pad that... Honestly, that disgusting. It gave him the lurg on his leg. He had to go to the oh, doctor. Can you remember? I remember. Yeah. Can't remember his thigh pad or his inner thigh pad, but honestly, honestly, <laughs> unbelievable. Who's the most vain cricketer you've ever come across? Jonathan Moxon. Oh. Not, not a bad shout, that. Not a bad shout. Yeah. Is that, are you saying that he's taking after his dad there, Damsey? No, I think you've just said that. What I'm saying is the vainest cricketer I've ever seen. In this environment, is Johnny Moxon. Best celebration or party after a game or series? 
I suppose you, you struggle for those, don't you, with Academy? Yeah, it's it's difficult because they can't drink. So, you know, um, yeah. and we don't, we don't win, we don't win much. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> but Saturday night's down to you. Is it Barn Green Club that you go to? Normally Absolutely, Barn Green. Yeah, Barn Green Club, fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're missing it like mad. It's yeah, uh, a really mild. good night. Yeah, good. Well, no, but nearly. Um, <laughs> they always have good turns on as well. It's a fantastic place. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I you tell lads, get this get this over and done with if we can, one way or another, and that gets a club. Get to the club. <laughs> get in concert room for a turn. Yeah. Right. And three bingo. people three people living or dead to have dinner with. Can I have four? No, no. three. <laughs> Elvis. Is that the real Elvis or Mags's cat? No, brilliant. No, it's real Elvis. It's Elvis that married me and Karen as well. So we obviously as you know, we had an Elvis wedding in Vegas. Um, so real Elvis, Kylie Minogue, for obvious reasons. Obviously, and, you. Yeah. <laughs> and can you have somebody who's a fictitious person? Depends who it is. Jim Royal, from Royal Family. Love it. Yeah, we'll give you that. We'll give you that. Yeah. Jim Royal or Mike Bassett? No, Jim Royal. Jim Royal. Okay. Mike Bassett's class, but Jim Royal. Okay. <laughs> thought you were gonna go with. Um, thought you were gonna go with uh, Casper then. Casper the friendly oh, ghost. Oh, from uh, from Kez. From Kez, yeah. Oh, teacher no, from Kez. No, no, no. Brian Glover, brilliant. No, it, it was a toss up between Jim Royal and, and I wanted to go Sid Waddell. That's why I wanted for. I wanted Sid as well. But oh, with the, that's that's connected. Yeah. Game yeah. Good. I was say I was expecting three Barnsley blokes. So no. <laughs> but Goffey, Martin, and Arthur Scargill. <laughs> Dicky. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Poor Dickie. <laughs> yeah. Pick your best six aside cricket team that you have coached. So, like Academy under 17 at that time, kind of thing. So, anyone that you've coached, anyone that anyone, you've worked with. Anyone's come yeah. through your academy. Yeah, All right. So, pick a team. Pick a, pick a six man Will team. Rhodes. Will Rhodes, yeah. captain. Harry Brook. I'm going to sit on the fence a little bit with keepers because we've, we've had some brilliant keepers, but I'm going to go with lad that I worked. First with on Academy, which will be Barney Gibson. Youngest ever keeper for Yorkshire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, brilliant lad. Brilliant lad. Logie, James Logan. Yeah, spinner. Um, Got that covered. Yeah, George Hill. Yeah, you need another seamer. Yeah, and I was going to go, it's either Shaw, Josh Shaw, Shawy or Gibbo. You're going to have to press you, mate. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, if, if I need seamers just to balance it up, I'll go out and out seamer, I'll go Shawy. Because he could okay. bat as well. Got hundreds for me at under 17, Shawy. Great lad. Reason all match winners then. All match winners. Solid, yeah. solid team. Young team, but solid. Well, they're going to be young for us, Rich, aren't they? Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and finally, what we do with all the guests. I'm not sure what, how many of these you're going to hit or how many of these you dare say, but... I think he's a dark horse, is Damsey. Do you reckon? Yeah. I hope this is not this Pato's nicknames. Yeah. Ugh. I hardly I know any. Just... Ready? So yeah. you've got as many Pato you, nicknames, as many Steve Patterson nicknames you can name in 30 seconds. I've got the clock. So three, Well, I'm not going to beat Mags anyway. Mags got 20,000, 20, didn't he? 25. Three, two, one, go. Uh, Steve, Stephen, Pato, Captain, Legend, <laughs> uh, Goat, um, Legend again, uh, I'm struggling. That's all I know, really. Um, how long have I got left? <laughs> Ten seconds. Uh, superstar. Uh, no, 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 rubbish. Or 
three, rubbish, two, one. Right. Sorry. I think we can scrub I've at least four of those off because no one ever calls him legend. Yeah, or, Steve. or Steve. Or Stephen. <laughs> or yeah. Stephen. Or Captain. Our producer Captain. Kate. I've far too much respect two. for him. Too much respect for him. Our producer Kate says you've got two. Two. Brilliant. So, unfortunately, you're at the bottom of the leaderboard, damn Yeah. I'm proud of that. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Damsy, absolute pleasure having you on. I think it's uh, been a great insight into uh, the Yorkshire Academy, what it's like, what it's, what it's needed to, to, to be in the Academy at Yorkshire and just a, a good, a, a different insight to what we normally have. So absolute pleasure having you on and uh, hope you stay safe and keep well, Damsy, and hopefully to see you at work soon. Yeah, thanks, mate. Really enjoyed it. And I, you've done brilliant, lads. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for going easy on me, Brez, as well. No worries, mate. You, no, <laughs> no, you're a big fan of mine. I look up to you a lot. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, you've been listening to the Covers Off podcast uh, from Yorkshire Country Club with me, Tim Bresnan, alongside Richard Byra. If you've got any questions for us throughout the week, tweet us at Tim Bresnan and at Richard Byra. And remember to subscribe to our podcast, which is available on Spotify and iTunes. We'll be back again next week, but until then, stay safe, stay home, and goodbye.